and welcome to Harrell Squared. It is I, Attorney Trey Harrell, alongside my father, former Speaker of the House, Bobby Harrell. Dad, say hello to the fine folks. Hello to the fine folks. Yeah, uh, we got a, a great show for you today, as always. Probably the best one we've ever done, I would assume so. Um, but we got a lot going on um, everywhere from Ukraine to uh, the Gamecocks to coronavirus to the Speaker entering the real game. So it's going to be a good show. It's spelled R E E L. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think the people that are listening to a podcast know what the real game is. I, well, I, I think you, Boomer. I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a Boomer, and, yeah. I, and I'm doing it because my son told me. There to. you go, and you know you're getting a bunch of likes. So there anyway, you if you haven't seen it yet, go check out at Speaker Harrell on Instagram, and you will enjoy his reels. Or find me at Attorney A T T Y Harrell on Instagram. That's how you can contact both of us if you need insurance or law. And as always, no legal advice, no financial advice. Gambling is illegal. Um, I Just by me being a lawyer and talking doesn't mean I'm giving you legal advice. So any other disclaimer you want to give them? I think that's plenty of disclaimer. Let's right. go on with it. Let's get right into it because nobody here is, is listening to us to give a disclaimer. They want that hard-hitting, action-packed news that Herald Square provides, right? Absolutely. And great riveting I'm commentary. Sure, I'm sure. That's, that's why the they're comments here. I get. That's all the comments we get. Yeah. You know, all four of them. No, I'm kidding. Um, anyway. Uh, President Biden met with, let's just kick off with Ukraine like we normally do. Uh, President Biden met with NATO leaders on Thursday to agree on new measures to help Russia, help Ukraine battle Russia's invasion and address concerns that Moscow might use chemical, biological, or other conditional weapons. Um, attached to that, the White House announced new sanctions on uh, against Russia and said they would welcome over 100,000 refugees fleeing the war in Ukraine. Um, those additional sanctions include uh, sanctions placed on 400 additional Russians and Russian entities, including their Duma, you know, congressmen, um, as well as 40 defense companies. Biden administration also said it plans to take additional steps to prevent Russia from attempting to prop up its economy. And what we mean by the propping up of the economy is when we we're talking about India or China trying to subvert and buy that oil, we're going to put things in place to stop it. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I, the, the, um, it looks like the sanctions are beginning to take hold and beginning to work. I was l listening to the news the other day, and um, several different folks, experts talking, said that um, as, the, as the war rages on, I mean, as we're recording this, it's a month old. Yeah. So as the war rages on and gets harder and harder with, with uh, the Russian troops losing so many troops and all of that, and uh, and the sanctions kind of out there but not really with enough time to take hold, as the war goes longer and longer and longer, the sanctions will begin to be harder and harder yes. and harder. And something I haven't heard many folks say but I thought was interesting is, you remember when we were talking about Putin invading Ukraine. He talked the talk. A lot of the talk was it had to freeze so the tanks could make it over yeah. land to get there. It's about to thaw. It's thawing. Now, what yeah. does that mean? Yeah. It, I mean, it, there may be a reason why the tanks are all in trenches and becoming embedded and aren't uh, moving any further. And it may end up being in a place which is pretty scary that they can't go back. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know but that's I remember the talk about how they had to have frozen. They had to get in get now. There. Yeah. So so what? What's going to happen when the law the land uh, thaws? I, you know, that that's a very interesting point. And at that point, you know, Russia's not going to have the money 
because of how bad the economy is getting thumped. Mind you, I still think, I still believe the Biden administration should have, we should have put a no-fly zone at least over Kiev. We should, there's a handful of other things we should have done. But let's focus on the positive. But you let's, and I don't agree on the no-fly zone. We don't agree zone. on the no-fly zone. Be, let's be clear. We should arm them to do a no-fly zone, but we don't need American pilots and flying over Ukraine. That's how I feel. If you listen to our last episode, you heard us hash that out in detail, <laughs> so we don't need to go back into that debate. But what I will say is very interesting by all this is on 60 Minutes on Sunday, because 60 Minutes comes on on Sunday, um, they had a great, a very interesting interview. Now, it bothers me that they're interviewing Biden advisors and Biden's not handling the interview. The president should be doing the interview. But they brought the, the national security advisor who's heading up the economic policy. And I don't have the notes in front of me, but essentially he laid out and explained very articulately that the new warfare that we don't really have a book on is the economic warfare, is the sanctions. And we're essentially writing a book on this, and it's something that the world has never seen. So folks were anxious or timid when they were talking about uh, sanctions, as that's what they're doing, but talking about the devastating effect that it does have. Now, I think we should have done the sanctions and more military with it. We should have done both because we can do both. But, you know, it's good to know that the sanctions were actually planned out, were actually thought out. And this advisor, um, I forget his name, highly recommend going and finding that story online. You find it on YouTube um, because it really breaks down um, what their plans are and what the plans were, not necessarily what they will be going forward because they don't want to comment on that. But it's just a very interesting you know, it's, story. Um, it's interesting the, about the sanctions. Uh, we have to give um, Biden props for this, frankly, um, just because we normally don't give Biden props because he doesn't deserve a lot. Well, we opinion. give credit where credit's due. Right, so, yeah. That's right. But, but in this particular instance, the United States has imposed sanctions on countries before. What's different is everybody yeah. is participating, except China and India, is participating in these sanctions. And... That's hurting. That's what's hurting Russia particularly badly. It's not just the United States has imposed a sanction. It's that the free world, basically, is imposed a sanction, and it is hurting. And you know, credit where credit's due. Yeah. They came up with this, and they're doing it. And that aspect seems to be working. I agree with you. More military help at the outset, uh, and more military. Of course, they got 800 million on the way. Yeah. But more military help. At the outset, would have well, been good to put in place along with the sanctions. And let's and let's talk about the military and the combat as we've been as as this has been going on. How you know the numbers I'm about to give you are, are pretty astounding. NATO has said that NATO has said that Russia has lost as much as one fifth of their combat forces in this month of fighting. NATO has said that's between seven thousand and fifteen thousand Russian soldiers killed as well as up to 40,000 Russian Russian troops um, who have been killed, wounded, taken prisoner, and or missing. Uh, and Russia may have lost 10% of its equipment. Now, mind you, the U.S. has said it's, it's not that high. But still, even if it's close to that number, that's, that's insane. Imagine how much bigger it would have been had we given them more weapons. The Ukraine has um, taken the fight to them. Um, uh, I saw an interesting story about uh, the Ukraine, Ukrainians striking a Russian, the Russian Navy in a port that I'll mispronounce, Berdinsk. Anyway, they, they struck the Russian port. They destroyed a Russian warship, and, they, and the video of, of the footage from it showed 
uh, two smaller Russian ships fleeing the port, one of them, one of them on fire. Um, it's, it's amazing that Ukraine, who we didn't think would be able to do much, quite honestly, without us really helping them tremendously, mm-hmm. uh, that they're doing a lot. Uh, they've taken back small towns that Russia took. They've gone in and literally liberated them. Yeah. Uh, there's a real war going on there, and it, there are two combatants, not not the um, giant bear and the little tiny mouse. I mean, it's two, yeah. two titans battling right now, and who would have thought Ukraine was a titan? But mm-hmm. they are fighting the good fight and losing a fifth of their combat forces in a month. That's, I mean, I mean, and and Ukraine is learning how to do this with the weapons we provided for them on the fly. So Ukraine's only going to get better. That's my point. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly my yeah. point. So, um, you know, they, they're able to strike the Russian Navy. Oh, they also have, uh, I, I learned, long, uh, about 200-mile missiles. They can fire ship, ground-to-ship missiles for uh, ships that are out in the, in the Adriatic Sea um, and the Black Sea. Now, they they have some tools that we provided them, thank God, that they're abs- they're using and they're using them effectively. Now it strikes me too. We we're talking about just a moment ago about land thawing and then being able to yeah. get back. The longer this goes on, the more it begins to look like Ukraine might actually pull this off. I mean, in the beginning, who thought they were going to survive this? Yeah, I mean, we. Right. I mean, I thought they were going to just roll tanks in. To think they yeah. might. They might. They well, might. I mean, the, the scary thought of that is there is. No, you're talking about how do the tanks get out if it if it thaws. The the scary thought about that is I don't think there's a plan to get the tanks out. I think this is this is Putin's Waterloo, if you will, and he's there, which which makes me nervous. You know, the warning of cyber attacks coming to the U.S. from Russia, other entities coming to the U.S. from Russia. You know, other types of things happening scare me because if if he takes down one of our banks then we have no i mean you have no choice but to respond militarily i i I would think that's what it would be if if you actively harm an american in any form or fashion i that's not in ukraine you know reporters in ukraine they're americans and everything but if you harm an american in america in some way shape or form there has to be some kind of massive retaliation and so that that makes me you know what if what if the cyber attacks causes a power grid to explode and it kills an American. That's an act of war to me. That's that's it is absolutely that's, yeah. an act of war. And and how do we respond? Same to- thing if they do that to Poland. Yeah. Or they do that to France. Mm-hmm. Or they do that to Germany. You know, NATO attack one, you attack all as their mantra. So yeah. I mean, well, and that's, and, that's and that's talking about true. the Poland thing, it's scaring me as they're getting desperate and they're lobbing missiles, particularly as they're getting to that uh, never the the border with Poland. Um, that. You know, hopefully a missile didn't get lobbed over the border by accident. If that happens, <laughs> it's uh, we're in a, it, we're in a whole different world. It's interesting to see yeah. how the world deals with that if that happens. Yeah, but you know, on a on a lighter note, coming out of Ukraine, um, I found this really interesting story that I shared with you from CNBC.com about a 20 year old young man who got out of Russia at the beginning of the invasion, and the way he was able to do it and keep his things was he put his life savings in Bitcoin. And put it on a USB drive. It, it's funny. The article says that he woke up the morning of the invasion, knew he had to get out fast. He couldn't withdraw cash at all because the lines to the ATMs were so long. So he turned to Bitcoin. Um, because he was able, he didn't wait in line. And mind you, this is a 20-year-old young man. So once they locked down the border, 
he can't get out because he's got to stay and fight. Mm-hmm. And, and we can have an argument whether or not he should have stayed or fight or not. We can have that argument all day long, but I'm not, that's, that's not, not the purpose that's not of the point. story, though. The point of the story is, though, that he was able to put his money into Bitcoin and get over the border, which, it to me, it just kind of tells you how great, you know, the problems with crypto, but also how great crypto is, the ease of moving it back and forth. Uh, I just think that's such you're, an amazing... You're, you're exactly right. Had this money been in a, well, it was in a Ukrainian bank, um, once they shut everything down, if he was out of the country, I'm sure he wouldn't be able to get it back out of the country. I mean, being able to put it, put his life's earnings on a thumb drive. Yeah, being able to have <laughs> something so when he gets out of the country, he's not a burden on that on that country. This, that, that, I'm not saying a, you, refugees are burdens, story. but yeah. And it also tells us that, that guy was a pretty smart guy. Pretty smart guy, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad he got out and is good. It's just, it's just. It's crazy that, that that exists. It's just, you know, as I talk about regularly, you got to pay attention to crypto. I'm not saying to go buy crypto. I know you want to have crypto and it's fun and all that, but we're not telling people to go buy crypto. But it's just something that every person who's semi-educated needs to pay attention to because things like this show you that it is the future. Digital money is the future. And you it's essentially decentralized finance is the future. And you have to pay attention to that stuff because if you don't, you're going to get left behind. I believe that's kind, exactly kind of like, right. Kind of like with you and Reels. You're finally paying attention. You're not going to get left behind. <laughs> Even this baby boomer gets that crypto matters. Um, I still think I'm more comfortable with my dollars at this point. Yeah. I'm putting a little bit of money in crypto, but um, but it is it is something that's evolving yeah. and, and, and is, um, is, a, is actually a very big deal. I agree with you. Yeah. So from, from crypto... To COVID, all right? What I want to know is, do you think COVID is actually dead yet? Um, and by dead, I mean, I know people are still affected by it. This is all in jest, but is COVID dead? Um, it is about as, it's, it's about as dead as the flu is. There you go. In my view. I mean, it's still, it's still a disease out there that people can catch, but there are a couple of, there are a couple of things out there that tell you that it's turning around. One of them that I thought was really interesting is that investors are... Um, buying stock in gyms like yeah. 24 Hour Fitness, Gold's Gym, Town Sports, um, Planet Fitness. Investors are buying that stock coming out of this pandemic. Uh, Planet Fitness is up 12% since the start of July. That's crazy. I mean, so, I mean it's really with, interesting that that's with, occurred. And I see your notes with Peloton falling. Well, yeah. Much. yeah. And, and, and the point is, what's happened is during COVID, yeah. People were looking for at-home exercise yeah. opportunities, and Peloton took off. As COVID has waned, Peloton has dropped, yeah. and gyms have taken off. The, the point is, that's a, to me, it wasn't so much about the percent and how much it's going up or whatever. It's about that's an indication that COVID is in the rearview mirror yeah. now. That, and I love the story that we saw about the airline CEOs oh, uh, yeah. pushing Biden to drop the mask mandate for planes and airports. I'm supposed to get on a plane in May and yeah. go on a trip. Um, I hope that it's over by the middle <laughs> Let me of tell April. You, I, I got on a plane two weeks ago. At, you know, Breeze Airlines out of Charleston is phenomenal. And if you're going to one of those locations, Excellent. jump on a Breeze Airline. Okay. I mean, it's cheap. It's easy. It was it was great. No, no you don't want to don't mess with their connections. I'm just talking about nonstop. It was great. Right. I took it to New Orleans, but had but but. I had to wear a mask in the airport the whole time. I had to wear a mask on the airplane. I had to do all that stuff. I tell you, it was miserable, absolutely miserable. 
And it's and and I think what makes you more miserable about it is it's not necessary. It's not necessary. And that's what the airline. Yeah. That's what the um, executive top airline executives. A bunch of them signed this letter, including American Airlines, United Airlines, Delta Airlines. I mean, they all wrote, wrote the letter saying it's not necessary, and they made a great point in the letter. Quote, it makes no sense that people are still required to wear masks on airplanes, yet are, yet are allowed to congregate in crowded restaurants, schools, and at sporting events without masks. I mean, you got the air filtration system and all that stuff we heard about. It, it, yes, we need to drop the airline, the, the airplane mandate on masks and we need to drop it before i have to get on the plane, <laughs> get on the plane. yeah <laughs> yes yes i i totally agree with you on that and let's you know they told us it was gonna be dropped on the 18th so it should have already been dropped but you know well, but then they extended it to april 18th so oh, hopefully just, it'll be dropped then just go whoever's doing that go stand in the corner no like, question i mean just go stand in the corner no question um but you know and if it's not done by the time you get on the plane in may I hope it's done before uh, next Gamecock basketball season when we have to go to the tournament with our new coach. Um, you know, I say that in, in, in fun. As we've all heard, uh, the University of South Carolina has finalized a deal, five-year deal with Lamont Paris, who is the Chattanooga head coach. They are going to give him $2.2 million a year with a hundred k raise per year. One good thing I like that they bit, bit, built into this contract was if he is fired, it's only if he has to have a buyout. It's only a sixty percent buyout of of what his annualized salary is. So I like that. I like that he, we're not stuck on the hook for all that the money rest of his for all that money. Right, right. Um, one good thing about stats about him: he used to coach at Wisconsin, so for seven seasons as an assistant. So he understands big programs and their recruiting. His last season with. Uh, Chattanooga, he went 27-8 and eight and almost beat Illinois uh, in the first round of the tournament. Um, so I, I mean, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm glad we finally got another coach. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned on a couple of levels, and I'm kind of excited on a couple of levels. Um, I'm concerned because at Chattanooga, it took him five seasons to get Chattanooga to the big dance. Um, that's that's concerning to me. His record at Chattanooga, I can't, I don't have it written in front of me, but it wasn't off the charts. It wasn't off the so charts. Last year it was. Last year it was. Five years it was and high. the two seasons before it, the one thing I really like about him is if you look at his um, resume, where he's been and, and how he's done it, he has made the team. The team has gotten better each year. And I mean, and and not better, just one win or so. I mean, they've gotten substantially, exponentially better each year. And so, to me, that makes me excited because you've got to, you're, you're not going to come into a place like the University of South Carolina, particularly unless he can keep all the talent he's got and us be phenomenal, right? I, I think that um, I, I, I agree with you that he, he got better each year. The thing that I'm excited about is how he got better each year. Yeah. This whole transfer portal thing is the is the new wave in, mm-hmm. in, co- in college athletics, and you really have to understand how to go. <laughs> the boomer it. getting on board with with new. No well, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm, kidding. I'm telling you. I'm, yeah. I mean, the, the transfer portal. First yeah. reels, nail the transfer portal. There you go. Yeah. I, hey, you know, before you know yeah. it, I'll be. I don't know. I'm not going to say. Who knows? Something, something better. Who knows? Yeah, you'd be on a hoverboard. He, but this this guy had he really went after the transfer portal to make Chattanooga better. And each year, you're right, he got better. And it is a school that you pretty much have to win the conference to get yeah. into the into the um, NCAA tournament. 
So, I mean, there are a lot of good things here, too. He, he seems to know how to build a team. I just, I, you know, I, I, I guess I'm, I don't know. We, I'm all for him. I'm going to pull for him. We still have our basketball yeah. seats. We will go to some games and enjoy well, the Well, I mean, I think it, you've been a Gamecock your entire life, or if not your entire life, for the majority of your, your life. So your entire life, essentially. I've been a so, Gamecock at least since the 70s when John Roach, Tom yeah, Owens, and the yeah. basketball team so was out there. So I understand, and you've been through great basketball teams. Mm-hmm. So I understand your hesitancy as to not get super excited because as history has shown us being Gamecocks, whenever we get really excited, they will kick, I mean, they will rip, it will rip you out of your You mean like we're really excited about Shane Beamer? Well, he's progressively getting better. He's progressively getting yeah, better. Back, back, yeah. back to Lamont Paris. But yeah, but yeah, but no. Um, well, not you, you. That was a great little segue into the next thing we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, but uh, Gamecocks are in the middle of spring practice right now. Um, the the question and what's been going on. We've had some injuries. There's quarterback issue and some injuries. Let's knock the injuries out of the way, and then we can have fun with the quarterback conversation. Uh, Beamer told reporters that tight end Jaheim Bell is dealing with a hamstring injury. He may miss the remainder of spring, not sure. But I think that's Beamer speak for he's probably going to miss the rest of spring. Beamer's just a really good poker player mm-hmm. and doesn't want to say anything. Um, so hopefully wish him a speedy recovery because Jaheim Bell is just he's, phenomenal. He's crazy, and, yeah. And let him, crazy good. We know he's good. Let him go to the meetings. Don't risk a worse injury. Let's just right, heal it up. Right, right. You know? Abs- All right. Absolutely. Absolutely, because... The other the other issue that injury they were talking about is uh, Doty told reporters on Monday that he was fully healthy, and then Beamer followed it up I think yesterday um, in his press conference saying that Luke's getting cleared more and more to do more and more every day. Um, so following Beamer's press conference, Satterfield, our offense coordinator, had a press conference and he said that um, he anticipates now that Doty's back. He anticipates naming a starting quarterback soon, uh, and Beamer followed that up with uh, Rattler has taken all the first team reps, but no, I'm sure. Like, you, can't you just see what, what I'm about to say? You can just see Beamer. Just I want you to picture Beamer's smirk face sometimes, but no official decision has been made yet. Really? <laughs> I mean, I, a, I don't believe. That. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> B. Apparently, Luke Doty doesn't believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Luke Doty said, it doesn't matter what I do. I just want to help the team. Yeah. I mean, yeah. really. I, no, it, 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 Spencer Rattler's going to be the quarterback. Yeah. Um, it'll be fun to see when they name No, it won't. It'll be boring to see yeah. when they name it because we all know that's what's coming. Uh, we need to get the guys who are injured healed up. And I'm pretty excited about the football season coming. Um, all, all of the players... There have been several interviews with players about Spencer, and it's just it's off the charts. I mean, the, the linemen are telling him, I got you. Uh, his receivers, um, even Luke Doty's roommate, it, Mar- um, Marshawn Lloyd. Yeah, Marshawn Lloyd is saying that this guy's the real deal. Well, and, you know, it's, it's interesting. In his press conference, they were talking about uh, Oklahoma didn't do a huddle. South Carolina, in Satterfield's offense, there's a huddle is a, a prominent part of the offense. And they were talking about breaking the huddle and how that's such a crucial thing. And some comment was made when I was listening to his press conference, because I just had it on in the background, um, about people being some people coming out sloppy or making sloppy claps. And apparently there's a story going around where they didn't really break the huddle crisply, and Spencer made them get back in the huddle 
and break it appropriately. That's just a leader. That, you know, that's absolutely So right. all the stuff you've said about him, or any, not you, but people have said about him, he has grown up. He's going to win the Heisman Trophy. I bet on it. I bet on it. Yes, I bet on it. That'll be great. That'll mean Ford will be, have to be the third Gamecock yeah, to win the Heisman third, Trophy. Yeah. But. yeah, but I mean, it's, it's, it's just I'm, I'm so excited to, to watch what's, how it progresses. I will tell you one thing I'm depressed about. I bragged about Breeze Airlines a second ago. Breeze Airlines, come let me know what's going on, please. Come find me on Instagram at attorneyherald.com or find me on Twitter at attorneyherald. Um, not attorneyherald.com, at attorneyherald. Um, I want to know why you got rid of the Fayetteville. You had a nonstop flight to Fayetteville, and you got rid of it. Why did you get – couldn't you have gotten rid of it after the Arkansas game? Could oh, you that's just, Fayetteville. Yeah. Oh, that's Fayetteville. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were saying Fayetteville, North Carolina. Yeah. I was going to say, for what? Yeah, no. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Couldn't they, you have just waited like October got rid of it? That's, yeah, that, that's a very good point, but I, I haven't seen the Breeze Airlines schedule, but now that you've said that, I'll be looking at it pretty quickly to try to see where are we going. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I have always said, I love going to away games more than home games. Oh, it yeah. It's so much fun to go to to um, Baton Rouge and to have people yelling tiger bait at you as you walk yeah, by. Yeah, it's fun. And it's fun to go to the Groves and Ole Miss and walk through the Groves, and those fans are so nice offering yeah. you drinks and stuff. I mean, it's just... It is a lot of fun for me. More fun to me going to away games than home games. All right. Well, home so, games, you're, so you're working will, so technically, will, you know, kind so of, sort of. So we will have to check out yeah. the Breeze Airlines schedule and see where I'll be going. Yeah. Where we go. It's, I mean, it's it's there. You know, it's it's amazing, and it, it's so used to it. So I look forward to going to the, – hopefully they'll bring back – probably because of the push they're going to get from the Herald Square podcast fans. Oh, absolutely. They're going to have to put absolutely. that flight back. That's probably yeah, what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. But, uh, but, but with that being said, hopefully they'll put it back. Um, Dad – Always love doing this with you. Thanks for doing it with me. Anything else you want to end on? That's a blast, buddy. I love doing it. Um, we hadn't said it in several podcasts. Thank you, Kathy. Oh. Thank you, Amber. Yeah, thank, thank you, ladies. <laughs> well, for, let's do this. For putting anyway. up with us discussing what we're going to talk about over yeah. and over and over again over with them. Over and over again, yeah. yeah. Um, we appreciate that, but we love folks who, who tune in and listen to our podcast. Thank you, thank you folks, very Thank you, folks. Thank you for everything. Everybody, y'all have a great rest of your week. This is attorney Trey here. I've been dealing with insurance companies my entire life, whether it's working for them or fighting against them. So if you've been injured in an accident and the insurance company is giving you the runaround, don't delay. Call 636-TREY or you can find us online at attorneyherald.com.